Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. It's my pleasure to welcome you to our podcast today, to this episode. We've got an interesting one for you today, so I want to tell you what we're going to talk about. We're talking about the 11th prayer assault, help at Fort Apache. Now, I have to be honest with you, (laughs) I'm mixing movie metaphors to get the title there. So let me explain the title, and then we'll jump right into this episode of This Week in the Word. The idea of the 11th prayer assault. Back in the 1960s, there was the 11th air assault. And you might be thinking right now, boy, that sounds familiar. That's right, because that was the unit featured in We Were Soldiers Once, the Vietnam War movie about Colonel Hal Moore and Command Sergeant Major Basil Plumley of the 7th Cav, and that epic battle in the Drang Valley in Vietnam in 1965. So that explains the 11th prayer assault. I got that from the 11th air assault. Now, what about the Fort Apache part? Well, you movie buffs and John Wayne fans may remember the 1948 movie directed by the legendary director John Ford, starring John Wayne, and titled Fort Apache. And, of course, that was about the cavalrymen out in the uh, West and the Indians and the battle that went on between them. But there also, in 1981, was a movie called Fort Apache, The Bronx, That was a police drama, and so I've crafted all of this together to come out with a crazy title, The 11th Prayer Assault, Help at Fort Apache. Now, if you'll Google this, you'll find out that Fort Apache is a, a, a term, a phrase, an allusion to an overwhelmed defensive position that needs help. From somewhere else. Now I got to tell you, friends, today, and I'm recording this on uh, uh, actually on Mother's Day, so May, what is this, May 10th, 2020. And maybe you're listening right about now, but if you think about what's going on this spring and around the world in the United States, I got to tell you, we are in Fort Apache. We are in lockdown, shutdown, the market's down. There's job loss, sickness, and death, and man, I could go on and on. It Listen, it is the 11th hour of Bible prophecy. It might not be quite midnight yet, but we're heading there. So it's the 11th hour of prophecy, and I want you to understand today, if you're a Christian, I want you to understand, I want to remind you, I think you probably know this, but... I want to remind you about that, and if you're not a Christian, then I want to instruct you or teach you that unimaginable spiritual forces are working right now against all of mankind, and spiritual forces must be battled with spiritual force. And I remind all of us today as we think about the battle that we're in with unseen spiritual forces working through human political forces, this is not Disney World. It's a world war. 
And I want you to wrap that forever around your heart and mind. If you think that since Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, if you think that planet Earth is supposed to be your Disney World, you are deceived. We live on a battlefield, not in an amusement park. And that's what I want you to know. Someone that I think captured this very well in a a poem I want to share with you. And every time I read this poem, I may do it today, I tear up because I think about the, the meaning of this. It was written by a missionary to India, the famous Amy Carmichael, who was saved as a young adult woman, and she gave her life to Christ so completely that he led her to India to lead an orphanage to rescue Indian boys and girls from certain death and lead them to Christ that they might grow up and live for him. She served 55 years on the mission field with no vacation, no furlough. Amy Carmichael wrote this poem, and it's written from the vantage point that it's being, it's being said by the Lord Jesus Christ. So think of him saying these words. Hast thou no scar? No hidden scar on foot or side or hand? I hear thee sung as mighty in the land. I hear them hail thy bright ascendant star. Hast thou no scar? Hast thou no wound? Yet I was wounded by the archers, spent, leaned me against a tree to die and rent by ravening beast that compassed me, I swooned. Hast thou no wound? No wound, no scar? Yet as the master shall the servant be, and pierced are the feet that follow me. But thine are whole. Can he have followed far who has no wound or scar? That's pretty convicting words there from missionary Amy Carmichael. Well, I want you to know if you're feeling a little bit ashamed right now, most of us should be. Because in spite of all of the difficulties we're in, if we're a Christian, we're in it with Jesus. And nothing has happened to us that we can complain about. Nothing. Compared to his wounds and his scars. And if we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, then we too at some point will exhibit our own wounds and scars, our pierced feet, because we are as the Master is. Now I've got good news for you. 
in the 11th hour, we have the 11th prayer assault. Can I get an amen? Now, I'm going to talk today about prayer, but it's not what you usually hear. You see, usually when you hear sermons on prayer or a teaching on prayer, it'll be how you are to be a massively great prayer warrior and you know one day you're so great that one day books will be written about you about the 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 legendary prayer life that you had now far be it from me to say that you cannot become that if that is God's will for you and God works through you and turns you into that so that might be your destiny but it's unlikely that you will become a prayer warrior such as Daniel the prophet or E.M. Bounds or Andrew Murray, Andrew Murray McShane, George Mueller or Praying Hyde. That's highly unlikely throughout your entire life. Those were very exceptional men of prayer. And Amy Carmichael was an exceptional woman, exceptional woman of prayer. So it's not likely that you will become that, but it's possible. But what I'm trying to say here today is you do not have to become that, at least not right away, in order to be part of the 11th prayer assault. Let me give you an analogy here that I, I hope helps you understand what we're talking about. I come from an Army family, and I know many of you listening have been in military service, or your son or daughter is, or your friends were, you know somebody who is, or you just appreciate our military and you've learned a lot about it. Well, listen, let me draw on that. In the United States Army, there are hundreds of thousands of combat support personnel. In all likelihood, they will never pull a trigger in actual combat, and that's designed that way. Their job is to support the tens of thousands of combat infantrymen. These are the so-called trigger pullers in the United States Army. They are the ones that are the tip of the spear, that are the, the leading edge of battle. But there's only a handful in the Ranger Battalions, 1st, 2nd, or 3rd Ranger Battalion, uh, the combat battalions, and only, probably, well, for sure, there's even less on the special forces teams and even fewer still who are Delta Force. So you might think of Delta Force or special forces teams or even those in the Ranger Battalions as, as we might think of prayer warriors. You see, you see what I'm saying? But... The same level of ability is not expected from the average person in combat support. And I'm not putting anybody down here. I'm just trying to explain to you how the Army is configured so that it operates at optimum levels. So my point today is the normal sermon on prayer will basically be Become a Delta Force prayer warrior today. Come on, get real. Although somebody may grow into that and may even do it quickly, that's not going to happen probably today. 
I think the Bible has a battle plan for help at Fort Apache. You know, as we face lockdown, shutdown, the market's down, job losses, sicknesses, and deaths, we need to be praying a whole lot more. Can I get an agreement on that? And I'm going I'm to say, yes, I see you through, through the, uh, the online apparatus here. But prayer is less about a monastic life and more about a dynamic life. You see, sometimes when we hear that we're to be a great prayer warrior, we think of somebody like a monk in a monastery who's hidden away and they spend 24 hours a day praying. And there may be people like that. I think prayer is less about that monastic life and it's more about a dynamic life because here's the truth, you're not about to become a monk or a nun. Can I get another agreement on that? All right, we're all agreed here. So I want to give you a Bible battle plan for help at Fort Apache as you face the insane craziness that is beginning to characterize our world. And I, I want to stress again, if you think your problem is people, well, well, they may be sort of a problem to you sometimes. If you think your problem is politicians, wake up. We are on a battlefield. This is a spiritual war that we're in. Demonic forces are raging throughout the political structures and religious structures of this world to bring about what I've talked about on other episodes recently. And you can look back at some of the recent episodes, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't have time today, you need to do some homework and bring yourself up to speed. But I'm telling you, that's not just flesh and blood. I mean, people are involved, but there's spiritual beings and spiritual forces at work to take down America, and to take down believers if they can. So let's agree that we are already at Fort Apache. We do not have a choice about that. So we need to understand how to get help at Fort Apache, and we need the 11th prayer assault. Now it all makes sense, right? Well, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. The book of Ephesians, written by Paul in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 18, and we're going to see what to do, all right? We're going to see what to do, and this is not complicated, and I am not going to hang you up on all the intricacies of the armor here of the Roman soldier as the typical message does about prayer. Paul only alludes to that to make a point, not to teach people about Roman legions, uh, Roman legionnaires' armor, all right? But let's just hit this quick, just like he did. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, what to do? Paul writes, under the inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God, 
that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness, of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now he goes on, and and let's go to this in verse 18. This is what to do. Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now zero in on verse 18. What are we to do? If we've done everything before that, the armor of God, you know, the word of God, and we're, and we're standing for God. What are we to do? Verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. It's not Pastor Ed doing his best to pray. It's not you doing your best to pray. We are praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. In other words, God himself will guide you and help you. Now, what else? In watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So what this means is we're already at Fort Apache, and I don't think you even doubt that. We're there. But what are we to do? We are to be sure we're praying all the time with God really helping us and doing that through us And we're just to be people of prayer and especially don't stop and pray for all the other believers in Christ. And and I think we can pray for people to be saved as well. So they join the the 11th prayer assault here. All right, now that's what to do, okay? Hang with me. I'm about to plug this in. And I want you to know something. I, I normally like to preach through books of the Bible, verse by verse, and go through them. And we've done a lot of that on This Week in the Word. But lately, with everything going on, we've become a little more topical. So recently, it's almost like I don't know what to do, and God doesn't tell me a lot of times until the Saturday before I record it, usually on Sunday. And he didn't really bring all this together for me until this morning as soon as I woke up. So then I I began to just follow his lead and I believe with all my heart this is what God wanted me to teach on today. Because I don't think I've ever put all of this just this way. I think it's God. 
So we've seen what to do in Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, but in Philippians, the, uh, let's see, how does it go? General Electric Power Company. So Philippians is the next book right after Ephesians. So go to the next book, the letter of Philippians in the New Testament, and find chapter 4, Philippians 4, and we're only going to look at two verses there. So in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, we saw what to do. Okay, I now know what to do. We're to stand and we're to pray. Okay, I don't know how. All right, well, here's how to do it. What to do, and here's how to do it in Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Now, by the way, when Paul writes this, he's not at Disney World either. He is in Roman imprisonment for preaching Christ. So Paul writes here, again, the Holy Spirit guiding him, inspiring him. This is coming from God, is what I'm saying. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's be honest. Some of you are on the verge of losing your mind with everything that's going on. Maybe you've lost your job. There's no income coming in. You know, maybe you live in one of the slave states. What do you mean by that, Pastor Ed? <laughs> well, what I mean is right now, where where citizens are free, I call those the free states. But a lot of you live in states dominated, dominated by politicians who apparently want to keep you locked down as long as they can. So I'm calling those the slave states, the unfree states, the states that are shut in and locked down. I mean, it ain't about color, it's about freedom. Get it? Now, what are we going to do here? All right, well, let's break it down. Go back to verse 6. Be careful for nothing. The word careful there, think of, uh, man, think of something just being twisted in two directions and pulled apart. That's the idea of being anxious and just being ripped apart by the anxiety that you're feeling. God says, God knows about that, by the way, and he says here, he doesn't say we won't ever have it, but he says right here, be careful for nothing. Don't be torn in two directions at the same time about anything. Well, what am I going to do? I have no job. I don't have the exact answer for that, but I'm putting us in touch with the one who can help us at Fort Apache, with God. Be careful for nothing. Okay, Pastor Ed, I'm, I'm hanging with you. Good. Be careful for nothing. It doesn't mean there aren't things that bug you. Be careful for nothing. That is, don't start stressing. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Let that sink in. But I'm, I'm anxious about my job. Take it to God. 
but I'm agitated about this certain person. Take them to God. I'm, uh, I'm attacked. Take it to God. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, and that means to ask, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Hey, thank God for the food you had to eat today. Thank God for the health, hopefully, that you enjoy today. The sunshine outside, the birds singing, your family, that wonderful puppy that the Lord allowed your family to have. Thank God for uh, all the things you can think of. And if you can't think of those things, you ain't thinking very hard. Thank God for the breath you just took for your heartbeat. I mean, start small, amen? <laughs> start closest to home, like with you, that you, you were able to get up this morning and open your eyes. You were able to think with a clear mind today. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Lord, I know that you already know I lost my job. I know that you knew that was going to happen before it happened. And I know, Lord, that you know what you're going to do. And if I need groceries or food today, Lord, I know you will show me and you will provide for me. I know, Lord, that you will, you will guide me to the the work that I can do to provide for my needs and my family's needs. So Lord, I'm asking you to, to help me get an interview or guide me to the right place or maybe a friend, Lord, knows a place that would hire me. Lord, I, I, I'm asking you, I'm requesting, I'm supplicating you, Lord, and I'm thanking you. And I'm doing this by faith, Lord, that you will provide the job I need. You will provide the health I need, the protection I need. And, you know, you see what I'm saying here? You just fill in the blank. And I'm going to show you how this works, but I'm just trying to tell you what this verse is telling us to do. Here's how to do it. Verse 7. Now, if you've never seen this, get ready to get happy. Verse 7. If, if you do verse 6, the God that created the universe promises verse 7 will happen. He does. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, man. You see, when I'm anxious and I'm agitated and I feel attacked and things are harder than they've ever been and I take all of this to the Lord every time I'm tempted to be anxious about it and I ask the Lord about these things and to help me, the peace of God that I, I can't even explain will fill my, fill my heart and my mind. He'll fill your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. If you're a Christian, you can claim this. And you know what? If you're listening today, 
and you're not a Christian yet, and you've be, you become a Christian, you open your life to Jesus Christ, and he saves you from your sin and forgives you, and he gives you a new birth, a spiritual new birth, you become a Christian, then this can be claimed then by you. Now, Hindus can't claim this. Muslims can't claim this. Buddhists are desperately searching for it. They can't claim it. Wiccans can't claim it. Occultists, New Agers, atheists, agnostics. But everyone who comes to Jesus Christ can claim verses 6 and 7. The peace of God, which passeth all understanding. But I don't understand. That's a, that's a point. The peace And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now go back to that four-letter word. There's a four-letter word in there? Absolutely. Verse 7 uh, there's, there's others in there too, but look at verse 7. The word keep shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That word keep is the, the idea of garrison. In other words, God will make your heart and your mind a fortress that he's guarding. And less and less of what has made you anxious and agitated and feeling attacked, less and less of that will bother you, or it won't bother you as deeply as it used to. Why? Because when trouble comes knocking, Jesus answers the door. Wow. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Stop telling all your friends and family they have their own problems. Tell God. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see the word hearts, think of that as your emotions. You know how your mo emotions in Fort Apache have been on a roller coaster? How many died today? How many got well? What did the media say today? What did the president say today? What did Dr. Fauci say today? What did, uh, you know, the World Health Organization say today? Like, who cares what they say, right? So you're not on a roller coaster anymore. Why? Because the peace of God that you can't even explain and you don't understand how it's going to come, it's starting to guard your heart. It's like a garrison, a fortress. And it's really Christ keeping you. He, he guards your hearts. Your, that is your, uh, all of our emotions. He guards our minds. That's our thinking See, I'm, the, I'm pretty good at this. I can think things through uh, in a linear way, very analytically, and I can come up with every worst-case scenario imaginable. Okay? 
And, and sometimes that works against me. Sometimes it keeps me out of trouble. But sometimes you can overthink things, right? And, and uh, I don't usually have this problem, but I know there's a lot of people that can't sleep at night. Man, when my head hits the pillow 99.99% of the time, I am out because I put in a full day. And many of you do too, but you can't sleep because you're anxious about everything. And you know what? Not once in these verses are we told to worry more. I saw that online yesterday and I thought, man, that's good <laughs> that we're not told to, to like worry more. Well, you're not worrying enough. We're not supposed to worry. It doesn't mean that you're a moron and you don't recognize problems or that, that you didn't lose your job. You did lose it. We know that. But you need to take it to God. And it, like I said, if you're a Christian and you take it to God, he promises right here in Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We're not told even one time to worry more. Listen, when you feel that you're being twisted, turn it to God. Every time, all day long, every day. But, 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 Ed, I would have to do that hundreds of times a day. You're starting to catch on. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Before you know it, you'll be a prayer warrior. You see, prayer, it, it let me back up. It may be this way for the, what I might call the special forces of prayer, where they're, they're almost like monks and they pray for hours on end and their entire day is given to prayer and God answers them. And I'm not, I'm not making fun or knocking that, but I don't know a whole lot of those people, but I do know they exist. But I just have the feeling that God says, that's because that's what I have for them. I didn't call you to be something I called them to be. But you know what? I still need help. How about you? So the beauty of this is all day long, throughout the day, every time I say, Lord, what am I going to do about it? Oh, I need to, don't be anxious about it. I need to take it to the Lord in prayer. And a piece of God is going to, that I can't even explain, is going to come in, it's really Jesus, and he's going to put a fortress around my emotions and my thinking, and it's all going to get better. Then maybe an hour later, I'm agitated. Uh, this happened to me yesterday, and I, uh, I'm starting to catch on, and I took it right to the Lord, you know, or, or maybe I'm attacked. There's nothing I can do about that. I just take it to the Lord. And now, now watch this. When you're anxious, agitated, and attacked, Talk to God right then. Quick, short bursts of help me, gods. You know what I'm talking about? Like maybe, maybe you do still have a job and maybe you work with people that hate you because you don't uh, fornicate and party and all the, all the stuff that they may do. You know, I mean, let's be honest. It's, like I said, it's not Disney World. It's a world war. So maybe people who don't know the Lord 
you haven't done anything wrong, but they just hate you because they don't like you, all right? I mean, face it. That's the reason. If there's another reason, fix it. <laughs> but but if you're living right for the Lord and you're a good employee and all of that, everybody at work, or some people anyway, just, just have it in for you, then you're going to face this a lot, all day long, every day, all week, every month, until you die or the Lord raptures the church or you retire, right? Let's just use that example. Every time you feel anxious, agitated, or attacked, talk to God right then. Write that down. You're not going to remember it. Just like out, uh, let's say in a battle situation, nobody gets on a 22-minute uh, long-distance ramble call. They, they make quick, short bursts of what, I, what I'm calling, help me, God's. <laughs> like, Lord, I need help with this person or the fact that there's no money in my wallet and no money in my bank account. And listen, if you think I don't know what that's like, I have stood not too many years ago in a difficult phase of my life. I've stood at a gas pump at a BP station in Dawsonville, Georgia with $5 in my wallet and the little bit of money I had in my checking account was to buy my family some groceries. That was it. And I stood there and made that equation. Do I put $3 of this $5 into my gas tank or do I put $2 in? That's a true story. When you're anxious, agitated and attacked, talk to God right then. Quick, short burst of help me gods. This will go on throughout your waking hours because you are anxious, agitated and attacked all day long. Can I get another witness? Amen. But the beauty is the incomprehensible Peace of God will garrison your heart, guard your heart, that's your emotions and your mind, that's your thoughts, your thinking in Christ Jesus. So when you're you're thinking, man, you know, I, I feel like I'm at Fort Apache, hey, become a member of the 11th prayer assault and start praying this way. And before you know it, it, it will become like breathing throughout your day. You will, you will not have to, listen, let me, let me explain it one more way. Early on, it's going to be like, okay, I need to pray now. And it's all very uh, spasmodic and, and almost herky-jerky and mechanical because you're learning to do something new for the first time. Just like the first time you got on a bicycle, <laughs> you were a wreck in action. You fell off the bike, you skinned your knees, you looked terrible. People probably laughed at you, but you kept on getting up, getting back on the bike, and then, hey, look at me, no hands, right? Eventually, you could just ride your bicycle with ease. This is, this is what happens in prayer, where 
the, when you pray about everything that's bugging you, every time it comes up, all day long, every day, throughout the day, pretty soon, it just, you don't even think about it. Like, I guess I need to pray about this now. It's just like, so-and-so gives you a problem. Lord, please save them. <laughs> please help them come to you so they, we can get on the same page. In other words, it's not like uh, you've got to wait until eight o'clock tonight in that special place in your home for your, quote, devotional or quiet time. Nothing wrong with that, but we've got to go beyond that because we're not in Disney World, we're in World War. So I hope this has helped you, and I, I really believe God led me to put this together like this because I don't know that I've ever thought of it exactly this way. So I hope that helps you. Now, maybe you're listening today and you're saying, Pastor Ed, I'm one of those people that you mentioned earlier. Um, I, I'm not a Christian. I'm, I belong to another religion. Uh, I'm not, I don't belong to any religion. I, I don't even know if there is a God. Hey, listen, I want you to call some phone numbers here. Try one of these. And uh, I believe you can do this Monday through Fridays on either of these numbers, pretty much during business hours, okay? 888-537-8720. One more time, 888-537-8720. All right, now here's a second number you can call. Now, the second number is Bellevue Baptist Church, where I worship. You can call Monday through Friday during, during normal office hours, 901-347-2000. One more time, 901-347-2000. That's the phone number for Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. And I uh, go to church there. If you call those numbers, at either number, someone will help you either come to faith in Christ or help you with your questions, or if you're already a Christian, help you grow in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're at that point right now and you would just cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I confess to you that I am a sinner and I deserve to go to an eternal hell. I know, Lord Jesus, that you are God you died on the cross to pay the price of my sins in my place. You were crucified, dead, buried, and you rose again the third day. And you are God. And I ask you to save me and forgive me and help me live for you every day. If you pray a prayer of something like that and mean it with all of your heart and turn to Christ, he will save you. Well, I thank you so much for listening today. It is my privilege and honor to preach the word to you. And I want you to tell other people about this podcast, about this episode. They need this peace that God offers. Tell them to go to www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's D-R, no period after that, D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L. Dot .podbean.com They can also find us if they want to do it the hard way on Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, 
iHeartRadio podcast, Spotify, and probably other places as well. Simplest thing is just type the address in the search bar and it'll take them right to the podcast. Share this episode right from the episode on social media or by email. Let others know. Well, thanks again for listening. I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you again real soon. God bless you is my prayer. Bye-bye.